Welcome to episode two of Super States, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Now, if you, like me, find yourself fascinated with this idea of using trance states, of super states, to further your personal or professional development, and these can be things like hypnosis or psychedelics, breathwork, sexuality, even more, you're listening to the right podcast. In each episode of Super States, we talk to world-class experts, to industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers. They share their latest information, different research, different tools, and then their own personal stories of transformation to help inspire us on our journey of personal and professional growth. This week, I talk with April Monica. April started her coaching journey as an intimacy coach but that soon evolved into what she calls a manifestation coach. April shares manifestation techniques, including her billion-dollar question. With no further ado, manifest your dream life with April Monica. All right. I am really excited to be here with April Monica today. April is a manifest your dream life coach, and she's here today to, to talk about talk about what that actually means with us and how you can uh, manifest your dream life using the tools and techniques that she can bring forward. So th- thanks for bringing being here, April. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. I always like to start out the with a new guest, April, just to find out a little bit about them. And one of my favorite ways is to ask what what is your origin story? Like, how did you get to be a manifest your dream life coach? What's what was your journey? Okay, so I would say that you know this the story. It's my whole life, right? But it, I can really narrow it down, like starting in my twenties. So just to kind of give you some like backstory is growing up with a kid, I lived in like a really chaotic household. I'm not going to say that everyone was like bad who raised me, but there was just a lot of like, there was a lot of drama, a lot of yelling, a lot of just, it was crazy. And one thing that I really had to deal with as a kid is that I was told from, you know, a very young age, like, hey, you have ADD, like things are really hard for you. School's going to be really hard for you. Like you have a hard time doing all this stuff. It's all hard, 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 right? And so there was this consistent message that was given to me that was, well, and also too, I was very creative. I was really good at art. Like I thrived at stuff like that. And I was also told at the same time that creativity doesn't really make you money. And there's just this very few percentage of people who will actually make it. And usually their work work makes money after they die. So I had these things that I was really good at, but I was told that that's not what's going to get me far in life. And then I was also told, like, you have this learning disability. And my parents, they drugged me. And, you know, I've made my peace with that. But basically, they were just putting me on, like, you know, Ritalin, all these yeah. things, just kind of, like, zone me out. And then also at the same time, I'm get- as I'm getting the message, like, you have to or you're not very good at school, the other message that was being put in my brain on a daily was, if you don't go to school, you're never going to make it. (laughs) So that's kind of like my childhood, like wrapped up in all of that. So then when I'm 20 years old, I was with this guy and I ended up getting pregnant right away. 
And my family and his family too, there was a lot of pressure. Like you've got to get married. You got to get married. You're having this baby. You're bringing it into this world. Like you guys need to try. This is the right thing to do. Yeah. So I did that and it turned out to be this like very toxic, terrible relationship. And um, within a year, maybe, you know, a year to two years, I found myself being a single mom. And so here I am at the age of 20. I had my daughter. By the time I'm 21, I'm a single parent. And I had all these limiting beliefs that had been put on me. And so I just found myself in this place where I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? And it was like a major, major dead end. And um, I was just a product of my culture. And I took on this mentality of being a victim. Like it's my or I'm here today because, you know, my ex-husband did this to me. I'm here right. today because my parents wouldn't let me do this. And that's just kind of how I lived life for a long time. And I was, you know, I, I lived that way for like another five years, just like barely getting by, like in total survival mode. And what, where I remember like the change happening in my life was I had this cousin, she was 16 years older than me. I always really admired her mm -hmm. and she was really great. And we had like a very spiritual relationship where we could talk about things that were like bigger than ourselves and just kind of like geek out on it. Anyways, I went over to her house one day and she was like, I have to show you something. I have this book. It's going to change your freaking life. And it was The Secret. And oh, so I remember I like read it obsessively. It was like super easy to read and it really inspired me. And that was such a pivotal moment for me in my life, like where I just kind of started to like understand. So I don't know. Have you ever read The Secret? I have read this. Yeah, I've read it uh, back, back probably around the time that you read it when it Perfect. was, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, wa I've read it. I've watched the movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very powerful, uh, inspiring uh, book for sure. Yeah. It changed my life. And, you know, so the secret, we could talk about the secret for this entire episode and I don't want to do that, but I just really want to like talk about it for just a second. The secret, it's missing out on so many things. Like it doesn't talk about taking action. It doesn't talk about like doing inner work and like right. rewiring your beliefs. It's all about just like refocusing your thought thoughts and visualizing what it is that you want. And so what I got from that book is I realized that I was like, I was living in this victim mentality and that was all around me. That was everyone in my family and that I had to change the way that I thought to get out of it. Hmm. Now, during that time, I also was working this corporate job, which I hated. <laughs> I hated mm -hmm. it. I liked it because I was making really good money. I was in sales and naturally I was really good at sales, but I hated it. I hated working for the man and I hated the rules. And, <laughs> you know, I've always kind of been like a rebel. And so it was just like I had a chip on my shoulder. And I remember like just, you know, I have to like start thinking a different way. And it was really funny because at that point in time, I was like the employee that most people probably wanted to fire. And I was saved because I was in a union, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, so I was just like barely getting by. And I just started like re-changing the way that I thought. And so I tried to like find the positive in everything. And instead of, like, I remember one of the first practices that I had is I would nor naturally think about like, what would be the worst thing that could always happen? And I started training myself to start thinking, what would be the best thing that could start happening? Yeah, yeah. 
And I just started visualizing different things for myself. Like I remember thinking, you know, this was back in like the early 2000s. Like if I could just make $30,000 a year, that would be okay. Like that was my dream back then. Yeah, right. (laughs) And after reading The Secret, I was, I just started allowing myself to dream bigger and bigger and bigger. And I started getting like lost in my dreams and things started happening. And I started doing really, really well at work. And it was funny because I went from being this really negative person to my friends at work. They nicknamed me PP for positive patrol. (laughs) And I just started adapting this like I can do it um, train of thought mindset, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you know, at that point in my life too, like I was living in my own hell. Like I had toxic relationships all around me with different family members. I was consistently negative in the bank account. I had this beautiful daughter and I couldn't like, you know, it was just, it was a really scary place to be. Yeah. And so I just started like shifting the way that I looked at everything. And I just started naturally like doing better in life. And the more, the bigger I dreamt, like the better I started doing that makes sense. Yeah. And so I started getting like promotions. I went from being like the worst employee to the glorified employee. And um, all of a sudden people were like, you should get in leadership. Because what this whole dip way of thinking got me to realize is that I could really see where people shined and what they did. And I became sure. this really great motivator to other people while I was motivating myself to get to a yeah. better place. Yeah. And so it was weird because, like I said, what I once, when I, or at one point, I hated my corporate job. But when I started like learning this new way of life and this new way of thinking, I found my purpose. And what my purpose is, is I'm really good at motivating other people. I'm really good at making people feel like amazing and that they can do anything. And I used to think like your purpose was what you do with your job, but really your purpose is to like fulfill what you're good at and to like, you know, be excited about life and you can do your purpose in any job. And so I started doing that at work. And so I started moving up the corporate ladder and like doing all these things. And it was really amazing and making great money. And eventually, um, you know, I manifested my husband, all these amazing things are happening. My life did a complete turnaround by the time. So that was started when I was 20. And by the time I was 33, I was sad. I was making really good money. I met my husband, I married him. And all of this came from that book. And so yeah. I, I, and after that, I became very obsessed with personal development too. Just like always wanting to like do better, heal old past traumas and dramas and whatever. So Fast forward to like, you know, after a decade of living my life like that, I ended up um, getting laid off from corporate America from Mm -hmm. the position that I was in. And I this was like right before COVID, too. And so I was like, okay, I definitely like I'm at the place where like I'm ready to leave corporate. I want to do something on my own. And so Mm -hmm. I just started like meditating and different things came to me. And at that point in time, I was really into learning about sacred sexuality. It was, it became a passion of mine. And I loved just like, um, the teachings from Taoism and Tantra. And so it led me into this year long program where I became a certified sex and relationship coach. Mm -hmm. And, um, I started that business about, it's been about three years ago. And so I was working with all these women and we're working on like healing sexual traumas and awakening their bodies and to just being able to have like, you know, really deep, sacred 
sexual experiences where they feel more. And, um, and so that was like this really fun and exciting job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really fun and exciting. And one thing that I really learned in this practice is that for anyone, I believe no matter what gender you are, is that if you want to have a really amazing sexual experiences, that it has to do with really living up to your potential and living out to your desires as well, because it's this life force energy. Yeah. And so what I found was, is that I would be working with women and, and you know, this, it's not, it's not black or white. There's like a gray area because everyone's coming in with different paths and different things that have happened to them. But once you clear that, or you heal from what it is that initially brought you to come see me, the only way to really get to the place that most women were working with that were craving was to create a life that they're passionate about. Mm. And so here I am as the sex coach and, but really like, you know, we would talk about it, we would do work on it, we would do some healing practices, but it always ended up shifting into these women going out and like finding out what are their true desires? What lights them the fuck up? Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Oh, you can swear. Yeah, you can swear. Whatever lights them the fuck up in life, right? Because a lot of, and, and this goes for men too, but just in my work with women throughout these years, you know, women especially have been really conditioned to, all of us have, to not live, life to our fullest, to our dreams, like what we're really capable of doing. And when we're missing that part of ourselves, there's like this like layer of mediocrity that kind of comes over your entire life. Yeah. And so, yeah, basically all my clients were coming to me, we're talking about sex and then, you know, the tables turn and we're talking about everything else. And once we started focusing on everything else, that part that was missing in their sex life, all of a sudden like would blow up. Sure. Yeah. And so then there was also this period I had this winter where in January, my father passed away. And then three weeks later I got COVID and it wasn't like like the first time I had COVID, it was no big deal. And the second time I had it, I was really, really sick, like really sick for about three weeks. Okay. And so those two experiences back to back just really like depleted me where I found that I was like, I stopped working. I stopped coming out with the content. I stopped, you know, creating podcast episodes. And it was like, I was just kind of like dead inside. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like go through this grieving process and everything. And when I started to come out of it, I was like, I don't really want to talk about sex anymore. Not that I don't want to talk about sex. Like I can talk about sex all day, but like the creation of content and podcasts, it just wasn't coming. And it was like, I I started like listening to other people who had podcasts on similar subjects. And I was like, well, maybe I can start listening to, or I would listen and then be like, well, maybe I'll get ideas. And it just wasn't authentic. So then I asked myself the billion dollar question. Ooh, what's the, what's the billion dollar question? The billion dollar question has the uh, opportunity to change your life and everyone's life. I love it. So I am at a place in my life where like, I don't have time for mediocrity. I don't have time for living my life like the way that, you know, my parents wanted me to, or my family wanted me to, or society or whatever. I'm just like in this bucket. So 
you know, what I always do with my clients is I first thing first, it's like, sit down, like, what are your desires? Like, what is it that you really, truly want in life? And like, don't let yourself hold any limitations. So what I mean by that is if I were like, Joshua, I want you to write down everything you need or everything you desire in a year. And the second you hear yourself, oh, I can't because of this. Like maybe you're writing things down and you're like, I want to go to Iceland. And then the next thing you write down is I want to go to Costa Rica. And you're like, oh, no, wait, I can't go to Costa Rica and Iceland because I can't afford it or whatever. That's a limitation, right? And so just allowing yourself to dream, dream, dream. Well, what happened was, is the coach that I'm currently working with right now, she asked a series of questions and it's all basically like, what are your desires? Mm -hmm. But in just different ways to provoke different answers, different thoughts. And she asked me, and this is the billion dollar question. If you had a billion dollars in the bank account, how would you live your life? And for some reason that question just like unlocked something in me. I was able to like write and write and write and write and write. And it starts with like material things. Like, well, I would definitely have this like three story house overlooking the ocean in Mexico. And I would invite my friends to come hang out with me and we'd have a private chef. And then it's like, well, why do I want that? Because I love to give and I love to share. And I just keep dreaming. And I realized in this dream of having a billion dollars in the bank account that I would still want to learn. There's certain things that I'm so passionate about and I just geek out on certain topics. And my favorite topic right now is all about the mind and spirituality and how I see them coming together. And so in this vision of having a billion dollars in the bank account, not having to worry about anything, I could still see myself learning from like experts and amazing teachers and mentors and then being so excited and geeking out and still wanting to give that information to everyone. And once I was asked this question and I was able to like have this vision of it, I realized, well, that's what I want to do for my work. And so it's just a little pivot. You know, I was doing the sex coaching thing for almost three years and I couldn't figure out like where I wanted to go. This billion dollar question was asked of me and I realized like, it's just a pivot. It's not like a complete change. Yeah. And so now I've kind of like turned my business. It's still coaching. It's still inspiring. It's still helping women. We can talk about sex, but now we can talk about travel. We can talk about making like a shit ton of money. Yeah. We can talk about quitting our jobs and ditching the alarm clock and you know, everything. It's also related. And so that is how I got here. Love it. And uh, what what I really like about that is, like, sexuality and sex is important. Like that is that's the energy that kind of drives the passion, right? So it it's it's an important piece to the whole, but it's not the whole. It's just one of those elements. Yes. Um, yeah, love that. So uh, since since we're talking here about. Uh, practices of of transformation and and uh, different ways to access that that super state you might call it. Uh, w- what are the types of practices that you like best to uh, when you're getting into that manifesting mode or or even around sexuality? Like, what would you, when someone would come to you and they're struggling? How would you help them find that inside of them? Okay, so. I'm going to kind of break it up into two different things. So I'll just talk about sex first. Um, You know, as far as like, okay, so I was working with women, 100% women. And when 
people would come to me and struggle with sex. A lot of the times women were feeling like pain or numbness in sex. And one of like the biggest misunderstandings I believe that we have is what sex actually is. Like a lot of people will look at it as intercourse. And so my biggest teaching has always been, think of it as an exchange of energy, right? And women in general are having intercourse way before their bodies are ready. So what I mean by that is it's like, you know, we've all been conditioned to think that um, we can have sex right away. It's in all porn. It's in all movies, like the guy and the girl, they're looking at each other. They're taking their clothes off. They feel all this passion. And before you know it, they're having penetrative sex and on screen, it appears she's having the best orgasm of her life. And so women think that that's how it should be. And if they aren't experiencing that, it's very common to fake it because for one, they want to make their lover feel great. And for two, they're afraid something's wrong with them. And so this is happening in the bedroom over and over and over all across America, all across the world. And it happens for years. And the more that you do it, your body starts, stops, um, or it's your body starts rejecting sex even more Mm -hmm. because your mind is saying, let's do it, but your body isn't ready. And so, you know, for sex, for a lot of people, it's like the basic understanding, like you really want your body to be fully warmed up. And if you start thinking of sex as more of an energetic exchange of sexual energy, then you you are having sex when you're making out, you are having sex when you are, you know, touching each other. And it's not this like, hurry up, you know, let's have heterosexual penetrative sex. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you, <laughs> what's funny is, I was we my wife and I were just having that exact conversation last night because that like when I, when I slow down and just engage with her, flirt with her and like you say that energy exchange, that's the biggest that's the biggest uh turn on I think for both of us is just when there is that back and forth and may not have anything to do with getting naked or anything like that. It's just this it's a really powerful connection that you can feel that it's like, whoa, the, what's something's happening there. Like you can, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that slowing down is vital. <laughs> totally. A hard lesson that I had to learn. <laughs> yes. And, and so many people are there, you know, so then, and then on top of that, we just have so much cultural conditioning, religious conditioning, you know, to work through. And so yeah. it's, it goes back into like finding out like, you know, what were the things that were taught to at a young age? What are you carrying around with you in your psyche? And just being able to like release that. So it's a lot of inner child healing. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of move past that, then it's like, you know, the world opens up and it's just so much better. And so kind of going back to the other part of your question, um, which is about like working with your desires and creating this dream life. Cause like both, if you think about sexual energy, it has the ability to create life. And yeah. so we can use it to make babies, but we can also use it to create the life of our dreams. And they're very similar. So it's like, if you're super energized and like turned on by the work that you're doing or by your life, like you feel that same sensation of getting rubbed up and just like, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like it is the same energy. And so 
what I love working with um, clients is, you know, a lot of the times people come to me and it's like, they're a little bit confused about what it is they really want. They're very aware of what it is that they don't want. Yeah. And so it's just like, again, like asking the billion dollar question, asking yourself over and over, like, what is it that you really want to do? And so many people think that they're not like in tune with their intuition and they don't know what that is, but really it's in all of us. It's just, we don't understand it. And so what I always say is, is that like, I want people just to dream and dream and dream and dream. And don't worry if the dreams are right for you or not. But once you start feeling this like impulsive or this pulse of energy, like rolling through you, like you have this dream, this vision, and you feel it like the blo- your blood starts pumping faster, like you're getting really excited. That right there. That is your intuition saying, ding, 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 mm, this, yeah. this is for you. Yeah. And so once you identify that, then this is when it starts getting really fun. But it also gets really scary <laughs> because <laughs> what happens is, is we're all living in our comfort zone right now, every single one of us. And so when we visualize something or we dream something that we don't have, it's outside of our comfort zone. And this is where our subconscious brain comes in. Our subconscious brain, its number one job is to keep us safe. Yeah. And so, you know, safety, it could be harmful, like it's afraid you're going to die, but it could also mean like maybe it will feel like if you jump out of your um, comfort zone, maybe you won't belong, like the yeah. society will reject you or someone won't love you or you won't be belong, right? You won't be part of the tribe anymore. Yes. Yeah. So once that happens, then all of a sudden you come up with every reason of why it's not going to work and not why it's not okay for you. So this is typically what happens with me. I'll get on this like high, like this rush, like I know what my desires are. I know what my goals are. And I'll get all jacked up on that energy for a couple days. And then there's like this crash where it's like, I can't, I can't, no, that's not going to work for me. Sure. And so the first step is to visualize, to even find that thing that makes you feel excited And then the second step is to work with this voice. We'll just call it the ego. You know, some people call it parts. It could be these different parts inside of you. You know, people refer to it as the ego. Have you ever read Outwitting the Devil? No. By Napoleon Hill. He'll call it the devil. Yep, yep. (laughs) But it's this inner voice. Well, Napoleon Hill, I mean, that's where the secret comes from. Right. Portions of it anyway. Well, you should read that book. It's pretty interesting. Um, but anyways, it's, uh, it's this voice that tells you, you can't. And so it's learning to, some people will want to just be like, okay, I hear that voice, like go away and they'll get mad at it and reject it. Yeah. But what I've come to understand is that it's like this little kid inside of you kind of, it's usually cause your subconscious brain, you're only using your subconscious brain from the ages of one to seven or zero to seven. And so most of the time, these limiting beliefs, these things that we have that show up in our life that tell us we can't is coming from this really young age. And so anyone who's listening to this, like when you start hearing that voice and instead of being like, go away or like reject it or get pissed or even just allow it to rule your life. Remember, it's just this little kid inside of you that's like having this temper tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you ignore it, it's just going to 
explode even more like a little kid would like, hey, listen to me. I'm going to be even more naughty because you're ignoring me. If you lash out on this part of you too, same thing, like kids who get negative attention, they just want to keep getting attention in some way or another. So they go through the cycle to keep getting negative attention. So what I have learned to do is to like love and nurture the side of myself yeah, and yeah. to also create healthy boundaries because the inner four-year-old inside of me or the inner seven-year-old inside of me should not be making decisions <laughs> on how I live or don't live in my dream life. Yeah. And so that is pretty much like what I'm doing with clients. And it's, it's, so so simple when you break it down like that. I, so I heard three steps. Uh, step one, create the vision. Step two, the voice is going to come. So acknowledge the voice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I use the term, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. And then step one. three is setting those boundaries. Yeah. And step four would be to take action, take inspired action. Yeah. And, you know, trust the process. Trust is such a, I, I had a meditation this weekend and out of that came a really powerful message for me, which was trust that what you feel is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds, it sounds so simple. And yet for somebody who doesn't do hasn't done that, right. Or hasn't always done that. That's a, a really powerful message to trust. And uh, so I, I love, I love that, that four step process. That's, that's great. Uh, yeah. What. What are you excited about? Like what, what's coming up for you that you're excited about? Well, I'm just like really excited that I have like come to understand like after like what I said, you know, growing up in a household where it was like, you can't, you can't, you can't like, but you have to. <laughs> so many missed messages and like just getting to the point where, you know, I am 41 right now and I have so much life ahead of me and I really truly believe that like we can do whatever it is that we want to do. Yeah. And there's no limitations. And it's just about, you know, understanding like this four-step process we just talked about and being able to like have a vision. And if you can, if you can like see it, you can have it. I think it's Ed Milet. He's one of my favorite podcasters out yeah, there. Like and he, yeah. I just read his book and he was like, your dreams are a preview of what could be possible. Not what is, but what yeah. could. Yeah. And the only reason why it can't is if you don't do it. Take the inspired action. Right. Yeah. How can people learn more about you, April? Well, I have this amazing um, meditation that I want to give everyone where they can download. So I'll give you that so it can be in like the show notes. Yep, we'll and put this that. this is just like the first step in visualizing where I give you, because, you know, it's really easy to say just like daydream, daydream, daydream. And that's what definitely I think was one of the most important things that really got me to where I was to where I am. But in today's time, it's like everyone's got their phone. We're listening to music. We're listening to podcasts. Like, and Mm -hmm. so this is just a really easy meditation to pop in the morning and just get your brain on the right track and start like seeing what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a podcast that I would love. It's got all these tips on manifestation where I geek out on the brain and spirituality and it's called girl, keep your head in the clouds. Nice. And I will make sure to put links for both of those. Plus your, your website, if you'd like, as yeah, well in, in the show notes. Awesome. And what's what's the one thing that you want the audience to remember? 
I want the audience to get off of this podcast and go ask themselves the billion dollar question and just let yourself dream as much as you possibly can and just go from there. <laughs> like start asking yourself on the daily, if I had a billion dollars, how would I live my life? Okay, well, guess what? You probably don't have a billion dollars, but you can still live your life like that. Like what are the lessons that you can learn from this question and how can you implement them in your life right now? Awesome. Thank you so much for for being part of the podcast today, April. Uh, love, love your energy, love everything that you're doing and uh, look forward to uh, learning more about you from your podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. If you're listening to this right now, that means you stuck around for the entire episode. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's the best way to really expand this message. And it would really mean a lot to me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite app or on YouTube so that you can stay up to date with Superstates. Also, make sure to let me know what type of topics or interesting guests you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can just leave me comments below. You can find me on also most social medias at Joshua Ray Peters, and that's R-E-Y Peters. Don't be shy. I answer all the comments that I get. I'll see you next week. And remember, you carry the ch, ch- I'll see you next week. And remember... You carry the seeds of change inside of you. Stay flexible, keep growing, and embrace your transformation. Mm